All right, welcome, folks, to episode one of the Emotional Communication Podcast. Man, we're I'm stoked to be here. Um, so in case you're listening on one of the audio platforms uh, and you're not watching us on YouTube, uh, I'm Jeremy Tate. I'm here with Taylor McLaughlin, who's joining me here today. Yes, um, sir. And here's the thing. we like Even talking with a lot of people, there are a lot of people I know that want to hear more about emotional communication. So we got this set up fast. Like Literally, one of the lights is not even, uh, it's not <laughs> even ready. I had to return it to Amazon. The power cord didn't work. <laughs> well, like The background decorations aren't all set up. So again, for you guys watching on YouTube, we're, we're getting there. But, but we had to dive in here because emotional communication is such an important topic. And really what we're going to talk about today is we're going to address me from several years ago where <laughs> uh, I, my bachelor's degree is in statistics and I prided myself on He was being... great with people. <laughs> yeah. 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 No stereotypes there, but for they're real. They're real indeed. Um, but the thing is, I, was, I prided myself on being a very logical thinker. I communicated logically. And um, some of my biggest frustrations for people in the world were that people didn't act rationally. And it, it was really frustrating to me because even I went to economics classes, we're talking about supply and demand and how consumers always pick the best, the best option for their choice. Yep. And then I'd be in these scenarios and people didn't behave that way. It was really frustrating. And so it came out of this desire to how do we actually communicate well to people? How do we be effective that it discovered that we're not all communicating just logically and that everybody's communicating emotionally. So really, this even this podcast episode is what I wish I had several years ago because it would have saved me a lot of time and effort. Mm-hmm. Banging my head against the wall, thinking that if I just, you know, just said this and made this little logical argument better, people are gonna people are gonna change and they're gonna grow and it'll be make more sense. Um, I should have been more where you were at, Taylor, like better, better connecting with people. Um, but so before we get into emotional communication, what, what we're going to talk about though, throughout all of this podcast is that's a learned skill because mm-hmm. naturally you weren't the best salesperson or communicator on stage. You've had a lot of opportunities to learn to grow in that as have I, because if you would have saw me when I was in high school, there's no way that you would have <laughs> guessed that I'm able to communicate and do what I've done for a living over the last 10 years or so. Exactly. Well, and that's a great point because one of the biggest myths on that is that some people are just good at communication mm-hmm. and some people are just good with emotions yep. and other people just aren't. And yep. that if you have it, you do. If you don't, you don't. But I think one of the best uh, best guys, a uh, sales trainer, uh, also by the name of Jeremy, um, <laughs> Jeremy Miner, on his podcast, what they'll do is they'll constantly ask people, they'll say, you know, were you born with advanced sales ability? <laughs> And then one guy will be like, yes. And he's like, just kidding. No. And what we realize is nobody, nobody's born with this natural ability to communicate well. Um, it's actually along the way some people pick it up. So um, so let's actually dive into why, why it's not the case that people don't just communicate logically and why that actually doesn't work. So one of the things, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, Taylor. Okay. But I remember... Back in the day, long, long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, um, there was a time where you even were kind of um, proficient at uh, acquiring dating relationships. Uh, <laughs> maybe it was one way to say it. And, and I remember talking is, um, put, put another way, is uh, you and friends of yours were really, really good at communicating with, with people in yep. such a way that you actually connected, which is, which is funny because a lot of, uh, a lot of young men are sometimes struggle and are frustrated in that arena. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm assuming it was all completely just 
logically you just say the right thing and that. 100% lo- now that I'm married yeah all marriage can dating communication is logical that was sarcasm and we'll talk about that later in the podcast right but yeah definitely something learned yeah absolutely so so with that inside inside marriage how do how do things typically go well again there's a conflict with uh with your wife yeah how do things go when it's just if you try to just communicate logically, what, what typically happens? Yeah, well, I mean, this over this last weekend, we were at a marriage conference at our church, and uh, there's a video, and I've seen it played in lots of contexts about the gal where she has the nail in the head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? And so Kendra will have a problem that she's dealing with, and I logically can say, ABC, here's the answer. She doesn't want that. What she's actually searching for is to be seen and heard and that somebody is with her in the midst of whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And it took me a few or many failures <laughs> in not fixing her problem, but being like, man, that sucks. And I'm still learning on how I can better communicate with her and just being where she's at. And at the same time, the logical part of me is, okay, how can I be with her there and encourage her to grow through whatever it is on her own. And she knows that I'm there to help should she need it. Yeah, that's that's great. So if you were to kind of compare and contrast a little bit, like what you do now in situations like that, um, and what you say now compared to, you know, a month after you guys were married, um, like Mm -hmm. what's a, what, how do you, how would you handle that? Like a same situation where again, she's going through something tough. Um, you're trying to be husband of the year. Like, yeah. How do you communicate differently now? So I learned how to do it very well. And as a salesperson, and Mm. it was one of the, it's a skill and I'll name what the skill is. It helped me the most in my sales career, and it also has helped me the most in my marriage, and it's a word called listening. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I would shut my mouth and listen to what it is that she had to say, yeah. that is where I was really starting to grow in being, okay, here's where she's at, and then what's the emotion behind what she's saying, right. because here's actually what she means right. behind it, because she could say one thing, but she actually means something else because of the emotion that's charging it. Right. And that's, that's huge. And that is really, that's really the core skill of emotional communication is Mm -hmm. emotional active listening because so many people get themselves into trouble because they just listen to what someone says Yep, and they don't, they, and it's one step better to listen for what someone means, but oftentimes that's not enough. Um, It's actually where you listen for the emotions behind what someone means. Um, the the other thing with listening too is listening really good listening is not a passive exercise not at all yeah it's yeah. not just a like you talk and I'll just kind of like you know maybe check my phone real quick you know <laughs> look up like that communicates something completely different than when someone's engaged with their body language um like even even uh, one of the common body language signs is when you kind of tilt your head slightly sideways mm-hmm. it, it's usually what people do when they're kind of curious like yep. So he says something and they're like, oh, like, oh, tell me more. Like when you do that versus listening, it's communicating even if you're not saying anything. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And so so let's get let's break down emotional communication as a whole. Um, uh, People I've talked to have um, have said something like, you know, I've talked about emotional communication. I, I used to be in this boat, too. 
is uh, is they'll say something like, "Well, you know, that's great, but I'm I'm more of a I'm more of a logical communicator." Like, Me too. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like somebody else communicates emotionally. <laughs> I communicate logically. Um, uh, or or let's say something like, you know, I'm, not, I'm just not really artistic. You know, I'm like just yep. a practical. A lot of guys I know. Um, yep. One of my friends who's a counselor uh, over in Missoula, he would tell me that he works with a lot of, he, he called them Montana men, home state of Montana <laughs> here. Uh, and yeah. he said, uh, he said they'd be telling him something like, you know, I was, I was, they would say I was angry over something. And, and as a good counselor, he's trying to help, help them figure out what's really going on. And, and he, he, he knows that anger isn't an emotion that's isolation. There's other yep. things with that. So you'd yep. say, okay, if you're angry, like what, what else are you feeling? And they'd say, oh, I'm, I'm frustrated. <laughs> it's the same thing, yeah. right? And and his point was like a lot of I know a lot of guys that are in that category that are like, well, you know, if that's emotional communication, I'm just I'm a logical guy. Like I'm not that. You, know, my wife might be emotional, but not me. Yep. Um, or even uh, I've talked to people who talk about how to communicate emotionally, and they'll say, well, you know. I don't want to manipulate people. Like mm -hmm. I don't want to, I'm That's not trying one. to hype them up. And, and all of those are examples of emotional communication, but it's kind of like thinking about one meal breakfast and one type of food eggs and thinking that's the only thing and you're, you're like maybe you don't eat eggs for breakfast or you got to have a pancake right exactly <laughs> yeah it doesn't mean you don't eat food like those are some specific examples but emotional com communication is way more broad so here is the way here's what's actually going on we're always communicating emotionally and logically there's always a logical component of what we're saying and there's an emotional component. And the people who are really effective at emotional communication aren't just expressing their own emotions. They're actually thinking about the other person's emotions. And it's why, yep. like, I don't know, those, uh, there's a very famous quote by, um, oh man, it's in my notes. Um, I don't remember, remember her name. I think it's Maya Angelou. But she said that people will forget what you did, they'll forget what you said, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Yep. And that quote sums up the importance of emotional communication. It's not actually about just like manipulating or expressing. It's actually about causing people to feel and understand what we're actually saying. Um, because when we say something, there isn't just the logic of it, but there's, there's kind of how you're saying it, how it's making someone feel. So that, that is actually what emotional communication is. So if somebody's like, well, you know, I'm just a logical communicator, you are but there's also yep. an emotional piece Absolutely. to it. Yeah. And just so many examples, like um, one of the ones I was thinking about like workplaces, um, this came up a lot in, there's a group I led last fall that we, we dove into a lot of emotional communication things is, and we did this thing. There was a kind of a poll at the start of the group of like, mm -hmm. what, what's most important to grow in a uh, conflict, I think was the number one thing. <laughs> uh, and, and also workplace stuff. So like, yeah. how do, how do I tell my boss? No, <laughs> without seeming like I'm not a team player. Like you could Absolutely. say, hey boss, uh, I, I can't take on this new project. <laughs> and, that, and that you could say it that way, or you could say something like, um, hey boss, I want to prioritize the projects you've already given me and I understand it's really important to you to, to make sure these things get done well. I think if I take on this new project, it's not gonna go as well for all these other things. So I don't want to take this on. And that's going to mean something totally different. Yeah. And that is a, that's specifically using different word choice, a little bit of tone, maybe even body language. And you're communicating something different. Your boss thinks something different about you based on what you said. And it wasn't logically, logically at the end of the day, you said the same thing. I'm not doing 100%. the project. 
Yep. But the emotional part of it is different. Yeah, I agree. And, and I was thinking just in that small example, I would have asked the question. So like if I'm working on all of these three projects over here and you're trying to add this other one, how am I supposed to do be proficient in all of them and get them right. done at 110% excellence? I guess you probably, or you can work out a game plan, but the reality is he'll realize that, oh, I truly am putting too much on your plate at this point in time. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, communicating the same thing is no. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And here's the crazy part is how your boss responds to those is likely going to be completely different or at least what they think of you or think of your intentions Yep. based on actually how you said it. Yeah. Even though you said the same thing. Um, and so a couple of things you just did there that, uh, and I know these are so, you are so excellent and so practiced with these that somebody could maybe even miss. But even when you, when you ask that, you, you kind of had this almost like confused look on your face a little <laughs> bit, like you're trying to figure out and confusion yeah. as an emotion is so good at disarming things. Absolutely. Um, same with, uh, you framed it in a way that put their interest ahead. Like you use really good word choice. Um, your body language, you kind of kind of lean your head to the side like you're trying to figure out how to problem solve. All of those things are parts of it. Um, and that which brings us to actually the simplest way to remember I'm um, kind of the the components like brass tacks getting down to emotional communication, what it actually is. Um, because here's here's the thing. This is such a frustration for me. For a long time, people would say things like, Oh, Jeremy, you know, just um, you know, just just be empathic. Like just just have empathy. Have empathy. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I was great. Not easy. How? How do you do it? <laughs> what do you say? What do you spell? Oh no, just just connect oh, with people. You know, connect. Like, how do you connect? And, and it turns out, I, for a while, I thought it was sort of this. You know, either you have it or you don't. It's this ethereal things. But I started to realize there are very specific behaviors and things you can do that actually communicate empathy or communicate that you're connecting and so really those fall into three three big categories and just remember those via the acronym by the way um or btw you know somebody text btw yeah yeah is and it's body language tone and word choice and those are the three big categories body language which includes your facial expressions uh your tone which really we're using to incorporate like the pitch the speed, the volume, all of that inside your voice, the tone, and then the word choice. Um, meaning you could, I mean, you could say, hey, boss, not taking the project. Or not today. <laughs> exactly. Or kind of how you said it, different words trigger different things. They, they put a different light on things. And yeah. so those three things what we're going to do is hit those three pillars over and over and over again and talk about how do we actually align those things with the message that we want to communicate and how do we do that? So uh, before we even get down that road, because we've got a lot of podcast episodes to make and that a lot of things to share, um, uh, like some of the biggest requests have been like, how do you say no? Um, like, how do you say no in certain situations? How do you how do you handle conflict? Um, uh, how do you how do you connect with people in conversations? Small talk was a big one. I know a lot of people people feel so awkward. Right. In small talk feel super awkward. They're like, I love a deep conversation, but I hate small talk at a party. Like a lot of exactly how to have good conversations. All of that stuff is coming. But even before that, maybe Taylor, could you share an example of maybe how you've used either like body language, tone, or word choice to maybe like communicate well emotionally or maybe even how you use sarcasm and things like that um just to give an example before we get into all those other things that are coming yeah i mean when you were talking about the tonality of confusion 
it took quite a while for me to learn how I can act confused or and not not act in a negative or manipulative right. way, but there's a situation in front of me and I know that I want a certain result and I know that I also don't want to frustrate or right I want to I don't want to be building walls I want to be building bridges with people right so I can leverage different tonalities whether I'm flustered or I'm really excited right. to encourage them to maybe think in a different way and see more in, in light of it and the easy exa- easiest example was kind of at the earlier part of the podcast you had mentioned the dating thing like i learned that i used to be shy and that i was really shy through most of i mean most right. of high school and everything and then when i got out of high school and then i started to become a lot more extroverted and not only with opportunities to get a girl's phone number mm-hmm. or go on a date but with meeting people and and friends i learned that if i could increase my enthusiasm mm-hmm. and be enthusiastic and smile and all of that smiling was re- smiling and eye contact were probably some of the biggest ones yeah because naturally when I'm smiling, now I have a more positive tonality. And it's so much easier to meet someone and make a friend when you're doing you're you're sharing those emotions with them. Yeah. And that's not even necessarily in what you're saying. Right. Right. That's only the my facial expressions through smiling and my tonality and maybe increased uh, volume a little bit and a bit of a faster pace. Right. So on on the more negative side, it it would be like if somebody told me something that's really hard, I would I would probably look down a little bit and I'm going to slow down my tonality and probably put a hand on their shoulder. Yeah. And what that does is it goes and it shows it's like, hey, I'm with you. I don't, you know, and that those are just two easy examples of if something's hard and you have that appropriate physical touch, the slower, more quiet pace. Right it's so much more easy for them to be like, okay, the world isn't imploding. We can be patient, take this one step at a time. Versus if I'm really excited about something and the sports team scored a touchdown or hit a home run, we're all stoked and we're yelling and cheering. And that's a completely different emotion, but we're trying to convey a different message in in that point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Go up to someone like, um, really glad to see you like <laughs> it's like no you're not no you're not yeah you're, i'm really glad to see you and um or same with uh, this is and it's funny as i was just earlier today editing uh one of the instagram reels um talking about uh what you say when people are having a really like they share something really hard with you mm-hmm. and that's one of the things a lot of people get awkward in that situation where someone's like hey you just found out you know my mom has cancer and you're like oh like and a lot of times people out of their awkwardness and out of trying to care for someone, will yep. say something that really doesn't care for them. Not at all. Yeah, and in what I started to realize They're is... Like, my grandma died. My grandma died too. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. That's not what they need to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was... Um, to give you a pertinent example, some people I know, um, there's a scenario where um, uh, somebody's spouse was cheating on them, uh, and they were talking with their friend, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what that's like. You know, my my friend's spouse isn't always the greatest to them either. Like, like forgot their chocolates on Valentine's Day, kind of. Yeah. And they were like, oh, so I, I get it. And you're like, no, 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 you not don't. close. Yeah. And it was, yeah. and I think for them, they were they were really trying to share. Yep. But, but what they did didn't actually communicate that. And people aren't going to remember the intentions. They're actually going to remember what actually comes across. Um, And that's what we started to realize is that... Um, 
a lot of the main skills of, of emotional communication are the same across the board. So you'll have these people that are, um, that are kind of almost like dating coach gurus and that they'll have like kind of these like certain kind of like tricks or things that they'll use. And and some of them those kind of go, but, but what you'll discover is that people in the arena of dating, um, know how to connect with people emotionally and that ability to connect with someone emotionally is also how you have a good small talk conversation. Absolutely. Exact same skills, same questions. It's a lot of times how you diffuse a conflict situation, similar skills and questions. It's, it's the same kind of things when you're like, let's say uh, somebody's trying to take a step, but, um, but they're not there and they, and you're trying to help and convince them to take like a really good step in life. Yep. Same skills is, and what I started to realize is it's not, um, it's not like just one domain. If you really learn some of those things, it helps communicate what you actually want to so that when, when someone's going through something hard, you can actually communicate, hey, I'm with you. I'm here to support you. When someone's having a good day, you actually communicate that. And the other benefit that I've noticed is once you understand like some of the mechanics, if you're having an off day and you're not feeling like uh, you're not feeling your best, you're not feeling like connecting with someone, you can actually (laughs) choose to do the things that they need to hear. And even though you didn't feel like it, they still feel like you care. And that was powerful where I was like, Oh, I'm not limited in the, in the fact that I have to have a good day to help someone else have a good day. It's, it's one of those things that can actually be a practice, train, learn skill for sure. Yeah. And so that that's actually ultimately that's what I'm what I'm really kind of excited about in this. And so what we're going to do is we're going to dive into next week. This is obviously like quick intro getting into just the importance of this. But what we're going to dive into is some of the science behind what's actually happening, um, like just kind of brain wise um, and and how actually our brains are wired. We, we pick up emotions way faster. So, um, for instance, talk about the eye contact and smiling like so big there are actually what scientists call mirror neurons in our brain that they're really good at detecting what other people are kind of showing on their faces and then they try to get us to do the exact same thing so you know it's like you smile at someone and they're gonna smile yeah it's really hard to frown back my wife hates when she'll be like talking about how she's having a bad day and i'll be like man have you tried smiling? And, and I say it in a, in a bit of a sarcastic tone and she'll, she'll know that I'm trying to cheer her up a little bit yeah. because you physically can't smile and be frustrated at the same time. Just right. like you can't be mad and laughing at the same time. Completely different emotions in the brain. So if you're having a bad day and you want to have and practice some gratitude, if you can smile, you're going to feel better. And she really gets frustrated when I do that. And I think it's funny and whatever, but that's just a small example of the brain affecting your face and your emotions at the same time. Exactly. Precisely. Yeah. And the crazy thing is there's, they did a study that confirmed exactly what you're saying where they, they did the silliest thing in a classroom. What they did is they had, um, they had students hold a pencil, um, Kind of, and I'm hoping these were sanitary and clean. Mm -hmm. I think they were, but they they held them in their mouth sideways. So it kind of like, imagine you got like a piece, like, like pencil in your mouth sideways. It's kind of forcing you into a smile. Then they had another one. They had to hold them a different way where they're kind of like puckered their mouth around it. So they were kind of in a frown face. And then what they did is they just had people read the exact same comics and they just measured how many times they laughed. Um, and they asked them like to rate at the end, how funny they thought they were. Um, and even though they're literally using a pencil 
to force people to smile or not, they found that the group, guess guess which group thought the comics were funnier and laughed more? The one smiling. <laughs> the one smiling. And even when it was forced. So the crazy thing is, what that means is you can actually choose to do certain things and you'll find this. Um, Amy Cuddy did a really popular TED Talk um, uh, on power posing, which is the same thing. And she she showed that there were decreases in cortisol. And I, I think it was, uh, I have to reference this, I think it might have been an increase in, it was either like dopamine or... Um, one of the one of the really really good hormones after people for like two minutes just stood in like a really big like arms out legs out like big stance and it caused them to actually it caused them chemically to feel better when they did mm-hmm. those things um mm-hmm. and so what i'm excited is we're going to get into how do you not just affect your own emotions but how do you uh help other people in the same way and how do you how do you help them experience the same things and a lot of it's going to come through questions but the right questions the right body language with the questions maybe even the right pausing things like that um and that's what we're going to dive into absolutely i'm excited it's perfect it's great okay so it looks like our camera's trying to overheat so that's probably saying that we should close this one down so thank you guys for joining um joining this episode and what we're going to do is dive into next time is what's really some of the science on a high level behind emotional communication and why this works so effectively and what to do and how that works so thanks for joining us we'll be back next week